It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Keith Caulfield, and I am the co-director of Charts at Billboard. And joining me is Billboard's Deputy Editor Digital, Katie Atkinson. Happy holidays, Katie. Merry Christmas, Keith. Yay! Um, well, uh, if you can probably figure this out. We have a special holiday episode. We're going to tell you all about that in just a second. Because the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop and holidays on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today's show is our holiday spectacular. <laughs> Not really a holiday song. Uh, we'll be talking about some of the newest Christmas tunes hitting the charts from the likes of Sia and Kelly Clarkson, as well as some of our own personal musical memories that involve Christmas tunes. Plus, we've got an interview with a man who is no stranger to holiday music, Johnny Mathis. Man, darling love last year, Johnny Mathis this year. We are, we are working the holiday spirit here. <laughs> uh, the pop icon called us up to chat about his new box set, The Voice of Romance, the Columbia Original Album Collection. His own holiday music, which you probably have heard, Many, many times. <laughs> uh, what seasonal tunes he plays around the house and more. So stick around for that later on in the show. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on iTunes so you won't miss an episode and give us a rating or review while you're at it. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit iTunes.com slash Billboard Podcasts. So let's talk about... Holiday tunes. Let's let's. So actually, we're gonna do. We're gonna look at six of the season's biggest new, new, new holiday tunes that are hitting our charts. We look to our adult contemporary airplay chart to see what were the new hits that were doing well on the radio. And we look at this chart specifically because many adult contemporary radio stations flip their programming to holiday music during the Christmas season. So if anyone is playing Christmas songs on the radio, it's usually going to be an AC station. My holiday station usually is a country station. And they go to all... Ho- Complete holiday with all- a country bent. Is, do they like play Mariah Carey in there too? Yep. Really? Yes. Oh, that's interesting. It is interesting. There's a whole... 105.1. I wonder if like there's any like R&B stations that do that too. Yeah, I would imagine. Hmm. Um, but let's get started. Okay, sorry. <laughs> uh, how about we start with Sia's Santa's Coming For Us. <laughs> that's, that's And it's so dramatic, which is from her new album, Every Day is Christmas. So let's take a listen now. Santa's coming for us. Santa's coming 
Okay, so what do we think of uh, Sia's new song, Santa's Coming for Us? Right. My first thought is that it's a very threatening title. That's what I thought, too. I'm like, good. I don't know. Should he be coming for us or just maybe coming to visit? Yeah, and coming to us rather than for us. I thought it was, uh, it's a rather peppy song. Yes. Um, It's unmistakably Sia. Yes. Um, uh, What were your initial thoughts? I could definitely hear it playing in Target. That's what my first thought was. Why, do, why does that immediately make you think of Target? Because I do a lot of holiday shopping in Target, probably. It's doing, my own personal. Doing, doing shopping at Target in general is kind of like a nice, warm holiday experience. Indeed. Um, and Keith and I were joking earlier, you definitely know what the title of this song is. There's no mistaking. It, it is repeated many, many times. She, she, uh, there's, you know, but, but it, then it sticks in your head and you don't, you, you don't immediately forget the name of it. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. So, next up. We've got a brand new holiday track from a pop star who released a successful holiday album just a few years ago, Kelly Clarkson. Here's a taste of her latest seasonal tune, Christmas Eve. Okay, so that track is a new original tune and accompanies Clarkson's holiday picture book, River Rose and the Magical Christmas, of course, inspired by her own daughter, River Rose. Uh, what do we think of this track? And wait, is her name River Rose or just River? Yeah, River Rose. Okay, that, sorry, Kelly. I should know better. <laughs> uh, come on, fr- Keith. Friend of the podcast. Um, all right, so what do we think of this track? Uh, we think it's good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, uh, I think the vocal is amazing, as is to be expected, from Miss Clarkson. Got a real throwback vibe, and uh, we were talking earlier, similar to her um, previous holiday song, Underneath the Tree. It has a very Wall of Sound vibe to it. Phil Spector, Darlene Love, etc. I thought, um, I I wrote, we all took notes. We We took notes notes for you today. We took notes. (laughs) Um, I said, great, exclamation point. And I said, if you don't end up bopping and swaying to this track, you've got coal in your heart. <laughs> this is definitely my favorite of the popular new songs. Really? Yes, absolutely. Which is not really a stretch. I love Kelly Clarkson. I, I, I that damn underneath the tree song is just so <laughs> it's so good. Like the first time you hear it, you're like, man, this is like an heir to all I want for Christmas. Yeah, year. yeah. And it's so hard to find new, great, catchy, fun, or just like great Christmas songs that will endure and also be like something that is like a hit that you can hear people playing or wanting to sing along. I was going to say it helps that it's got a modern vibe, but also the throwback that it harks back (laughs) holiday puns. (laughs) Hark the Kelly angel sing. (laughs) To previous Christmas songs. Um, Okay. (laughs) All right. So moving on, our, our third track on the list is Josh Groban's Happy Christmas War is Over. Of course, a cover of the John Lennon song. It's a new bonus track on the recently released deluxe reissue of his mega-selling Noel album. So let's take a listen. And so happy Christmas for black and for white, for yellow and red ones. Okay, Keith, what are your thoughts? How does Josh hold up to John Lennon? Well... You can't compare anything to John Lennon's. I think Josh Groban would even be the first to tell you that. I'm, I'm sure he was just like, uh, <laughs> let's not try to compare me. Um, what I wrote was, um, it's appropriately somber. Mm-hmm. Um, and But at the same time, Josh's voice just envelops you. 
because Josh's voice can sort of do anything. Yeah. Friend of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the, the children's choir that's yeah. on the track just sort of takes it to that new sort of angelic level because you're like, so oh, this is Christmas. And then suddenly the kids come in and you're like, ah, wow. Well, and it's a pretty faithful cover because yeah. uh, John Lennon's version also includes a choir like that. Um, and I, I also wrote that I thought my mom might have A&R'd this one since it's Josh Groban singing a former Beatles song. Good. <laughs> it's I, all her favorite things just wrapped up together. Her favorite things, you yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, how many holiday puns can we work in? Puns. <laughs> okay, moving on to our fourth contestant. It is Seals. Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. This is a bonus track on the deluxe edition of his latest album, Standards. And the, and the Standards album album by the way is not a christmas album it's just a album of standards and they happen to throw on this christmas track on there as a bonus track so let's take a listen and my dear we're still goodbye as long as you love me so let it snow let it snow let it snow okay katie how is the seal treating you it's treating me very buble-tastic Oh, you think Michael Bublé? Yes. I mean, uh, knowing that it's from a standards album definitely puts it in context because it's got a very, like, crooner, Bublé, Sinatra vibe. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking, what did I write? Um, Faithful swingin' version um, of the jazzy track. Um, And it's hard to screw up a classic, like Let It Snow, Let It Snow, Let It Snow. Um, And Seal certainly doesn't screw it up. Um, it's very safe. He does not screw it up, but this is not how I like my seal. <laughs> I prefer my seal in a crazy or kiss from a rose kind of package. He hasn't really been like that in quite a while. I know, but that's what I like. He's had a lot of, I think the thing is he's had a lot of success with his, he had a few recent albums where they were like, there was like a soul covers album and mm-hmm. a standards album. And you kind of, it's a up, blueprint for success. You get into that weird covers land and yeah. it becomes very successful. But mm-hmm. I think, you know, if he can still, you know. If he can still wade into the waters of covers and also... Wade, wade into the waters, seal! <laughs> Sorry, not a holiday pun, oh, just a pun. <laughs> didn't, even, didn't even realize that that was a pun. Um, but, you know, as long as you can do a little bit of both, because I think he still does his own uh, original stuff as well, you know, have the best of both worlds. And also, Seal's voice is just so distinctive and so unique, mm-hmm. and you immediately know, oh, that's Seal. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I love my Kiss from a Rose crazy, you know, killer Seal, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, next up, we have a very interesting entry. Uh, from Jane Lynch, featuring Kate Flannery from The Office. You might know her. Which and Tim I did Davis. Not know that. Oh, yeah. The redhead from The Office, Kate Flannery. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and Tim Davis with the Tony Guerrero Quintet. Of course. It's a swinging little Christmas from their new holiday album of the same name. So let's take a listen. Christmas will be ringing with the sound of the you. The joint will be rocking with the rhythm of some holiday tunes. But maybe it wouldn't be a party if it didn't have So, what do we, <laughs> what do we think of uh, Glee's Jane Lynch? Um, which you couldn't really hear her incredibly well in the mix, but she is singing on this track. Um, she's she's harmonizing. Yes, but there are. But by the way, there are songs on this new album where you can hear her more clearly. Yes, um, and I think she actually has tour dates where her and Kate and Tim and I, maybe the quintet are all going out on tour together, doing Christmas music, sort of like a little show review well, sort of fun. fun. I'm not really totally clear on what they do on stage, but there's some sort of musical review. Anyway. This particular track doesn't exactly showcase Jane's vocals, but what do we think of it? I feel like um, 
in the tradition of all these other songs, everything is very evocative at the Hollywood or Halloween Hollywood season, holiday season sure. of um of previous Christmas songs. And this is so like Andrew Sisters. Like it's got those mm. harmonies. It's like it's coming straight from like the thirties, forties. Yeah, exactly. Which is fun. Which is a super fun sound. But to your point, we couldn't really hear Jane that much. Right. But you know, there are other songs where you can hear her much better on this. I love the way she gets top billing on this, even though you can't really hear her. I was like, okay, diva. Well, last up, I believe. Yes, last up. It is Gwen Stefani teaming up with her good friend Blake Shelton. Uh, on You Make It Feel Like Christmas. This track is actually credited to Gwen Stefani featuring Blake Shelton, and it is from Stefani's new holiday album of the same name. Let's take a listen. Okie doke. What do we think? Well, um... I wrote, I wrote one note on this song. Oh, did you? Okay. Do you want... No, I really, I love Gwen I have, I and like Blake posted, as like. human beings. Um, uh, oh, this you... one did not, was not my cup of tea. Really? Yeah. Yeah. What? Uh, so I that was it's... your note? It's not your cup of well, tea? What, my... was your, what was your real note? It just says, woof. Oh. <laughs> Oh my! Normally, Katie's let's not let, that opinionated. I know. Let's have let's have Keith share his thoughts, which so, are probably kinder. Uh, so what I said was that it was an upbeat little number. Um, it has a dash of Blake's country swing and twang, um, and it's. I thought it was interesting to kind of merge, like you know, Gwen's kind of boop boop be doop ishness, <laughs> you know, with his kind of swang, and I thought it actually kind of worked. Um, it, you know, it's hard to do songs like that where you're kind of blending mm. two different styles, but I thought it was pretty catchy. And they make it work in life, too. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, they do. Um, as as we were going through these uh, earlier today and listening to them, we were actually listening to them here just in, in the office together, um, I told Katie that it seems like Christmas music in general kind of falls into four categories. You have the peppy pop stuff, like Kelly Clarkson. Or Mariah Carey, uh, you've got somber, you know, possibly religious tunes, or just sort of classically leaning things yes. like Josh Groban stuff, or you know, you know, I don't know the Mormon Tabernacle Choir, <laughs> or you know, name a choir they're probably doing it, which is lovely too because it always all those angelic voices just make you feel warm. Yes. I've got those albums at home. I actually bought two used records the other day at Amoeba, and I'm not even sure what's on them, but they're clearly like from the 50s or the 60s. They're like you know, a bunch of choirs from Time Life or something. Don't know what's on it, but I know it's going to be good because you you can't really go wrong. Um, Third category is usually jazzy throwbacks, a la Jane Lynch. Yes. Um, Or any number of Michael Buble tracks. Yes. Um, And then fourth, and I could be, if I'm missing a category, tweet us (laughs) or, you know, whatever. Um, The fourth category is usually a novelty category. Yeah. All I Want for Christmas and the Two Front Teeth, the Chipmunk song. The hippopotamus thing. Oh, yeah. Or, you know, you can even throw in Adam Sandler's Hanukkah song. Christmas shoes. Christmas shoes. (laughs) Is that? It's a, a very sad song. But, so I don't think it's a novelty track. Though. Well, that's okay. probably meant to be serious. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I. But I, okay. Yes. Is, is, I think it's my like that was that was actually a big like Christian hit. I think. Well, is it then? It fits in the religious category yeah. instead. The Christmas shoes. I, I was thinking more of like Christmas on Death Row. Oh like yeah. The Death Row Records Christmas <laughs> or, compilation. Um, 
Christmas uh, in Hollis. Yeah, exactly. That's a great one. I mean, not all rap. I mean, not all rap Christmas songs have to be novelty, but it seems like that's kind of the easy way. That out. Christmas, you know, the Christmas wrapping song by the waitresses. Oh well, yeah, love also, that song. That's a great one, and that seems like it veers into like. That's weird. That's just a good pop song. That's weird because like al- like alternative new wave mm-hmm. Christmas songs always seem like they're a bit novelty mm-hmm. just because of kind of the sound of them. Yeah. Um, but I mean, whatever. I mean, I you can whatever, whatever. However you slice that fruitcake, it's delicious. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Katie Punning Tackinson. So, moving on from our new Christmas music, since this is our holiday spectacular, we thought we might reflect on some of our favorite holiday music-related memories. Indeed, and honestly, I could listen to Christmas music year-round. I love that Alexa station, if you have Alexa, um, where it just plays Christmas classics. Mm-hmm. Alexa, can you play Christmas classics? Sure. And then, <laughs> who knows for how many hours, you're just listening to oldies, and I could just you turn that on, and I'm instantly in a happy holidays mood. <laughs> Um, well, I have to share, uh, kind of a more recent Christmas music memory, at least in the last decade. Um, my husband's family, their big album is the Andy Williams Christmas album, which is a classic. That's what it's called. The Andy Williams Christmas album. I don't know. Weren't you supposed to look that up, Katie? Yeah, I think I was. Um, I didn't look up what the album is called. Andy Williams is certainly a voice of the holidays. Yeah, the uh, it's hard. It's, it's go ahead. You keep looking. It's it's hard to it's hard to beat those those voices, uh, you know, from the fifties and the sixties, that have sort of soundtracked so many generations, like Andy Williams. It's called the Andy Williams Christmas album. So you got it right. <laughs> you got it right. Um, uh, and I think his best known like Christmas song is probably "It's the Most Wonderful Time of the it's Year." The most. Yeah, the the original classic version of that is Andy Williams. Right, but. The one that I know best because of my husband's family, my in-laws, um, is uh, Happy Holidays. Happy Holidays. <laughs> it, sa- it sounds like, you know what that song sounds like? It sounds like on SNL when they have sort of the fake oh, Lawrence Welk show. Oh, I was going to say the um, Robert Goulet. <laughs> <laughs> We're all in the same ballpark Yes, here. exactly. It's like, it, it sounds like when those, like the three or four sisters come out. Yes. <laughs> and then there's always like some like, you know, the cheesy Kristen intro. Wig. Like, Happy uh, Holidays. Happy Holidays. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. So Andy Williams. Um... Uh, it is, first of all, it's a great song. It's called Happy Holiday Slash The Holiday Season is the name of the of the song. Okay. And um, every Christmas morning, I don't know if this was a tradition before I came around, but it became a tradition the first year that I was with his family. We were sleeping like people do on Christmas morning, and all of a sudden that song starts playing like full volume in my ear. There's a speaker in the basement of their house right next to where the like guest bed is and all of a sudden this song is playing at full blast and i didn't know the song then it's become my favorite song since like so at the time you just thought some stranger was screaming in your ear about (laughs) having a happy holiday it was it was dan's parents subtle way of waking us up on christmas morning like get up it's breakfast time it's time to open presents get upstairs they could have been worse they could have played quiet riot or something (laughs) but then it became the thing that they always play hmm. um, every Christmas morning, and it's like this delightful, you know, like little note that it's time for Christmas. It's time to get going on the presents. And this year, I'll be bringing home my newborn son for his first Christmas, 
and he'll get to hear Andy Williams' Happy Holiday for the first time. Indoctrinated into the Andy Williams wake-up club. <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, wow. Well, I don't have weird. I don't have a memory quite that vivid. Okay. Well, this um, is from ten years ago, so it's not <laughs> well, not I mean, hard I, to remember. Strangely, I mean, I don't. I I, I wish I did. I. The memory that I have, which is going to lead into our interview with Johnny Mathis, um, is related to him. And I, I kind of relayed some of it to him in the interview. Mm-hmm. But th- this is the extended remix version. <laughs> um, I remember um, at our house when I was younger, I don't remember how young I was, but it had to have been probably when I was like under 10. Um, we had a big like stereo console mm. thing. And for those of you who are young that don't know what a stereo is, um, it's like this big box-like object that sits in your living room, and it has speakers, and it can play music like a radio. And this thing in the middle of it, because there's two speakers on the side. It's like a piece of furniture. It's like a huge piece of furniture. And it can sort of close up and Mm -hmm. look like a piece of furniture. Yeah. And then you can open up. Is it a liquor cabinet? Is it a bookshelf? Is there a body inside? <laughs> Who knows? Um, you you pull you literally pull down the middle of it, this big wooden thing with a handle, and out pops a turntable. Yeah. And I remember the holiday season, we would play Johnny Mathis's first Christmas album, which was simply called Merry Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I can just I can picture myself in the house, and I can hear Johnny's voice singing. And I can just picture the living room. I can picture the fireplace. I can picture the whole shebang. And I don't really remember any other Christmas music. I just remember his voice. And I don't know why that is. I think it's, I think it's partially the reason why his music has been so successful. Because there's something about the tone of his voice, not just through Christmas music, but through pop music in general, that resonates with mm-hmm. people. And it sticks in your head. And there's just, it's just, it just cuts through. It goes well with a burning fire, too. Yeah, yes. Which is perfectly Christmassy. Yes, it does. Um, <laughs> so now, uh, after speaking about that, uh, now it's time for our interview with the one and only Johnny Mathis. We spoke to the Billboard chart topper and Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award winner recently about his new 68 CD box set. Uh, I have a copy. We have it right here in the office. We're looking at it right now. It's beautiful. It's really enormous. It is quite beautiful. And it's each if you order one, it's individually uh, numbered and hand-signed. Wow. Um, so the 68 CD box set, which is called The Voice of Romance, the Columbia Original Album Collection. And it includes every single one of his studio albums recorded for Columbia Records. And he's been on Columbia Records since the 50s, which is crazy. And he just put out a new album like a month or two ago. Uh, so yeah, he's still, he's still working. Hmm. Um, and that box set includes two previously unreleased albums, one of which was produced by Nile Rogers and Bernard Edwards of Chic. Amazingly, for some reason, they'd never released this until now. Crazy. Hmm. Um, and the box also includes all five of his Christmas albums. Whew. Okay. So, and those Christmas albums include his first holiday set, which I mentioned a second ago, the 1958 album Merry Christmas, which has gone on to sell over 5 million copies in the U.S. Speaking of Christmas, since Mathis's uh, holiday music is so beloved, we, of course, had to ask him about his Christmas tunes, why he thinks his Christmas music has been so popular, and we also discuss what holiday music he plays around the house during the season and what he'll be up to for the holidays. So, here's our chat with Johnny Mathis. Are you listening in the lane? Snow is listening. A beautiful sight. We're happy tonight. Walking in the winter wonderland. Gone away 
Welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast, Mr. Johnny Mathis. How are you doing, sir? Well, I'm just fine, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm dealing with the thing that probably uh, people of my generation deal with. Uh, You're getting a little older, and you wonder uh, about uh, different things that happen, which are different from when you were growing up. And uh, that's about it. Other than that, I'm uh, just fine. Well, you are ageless, uh, frankly, uh, so I'm, I'm thrilled to be speaking to you, and um, I'm, I'm also super happy that you're on this special episode of our show because it's a Christmas-themed episode, and you know who better to star in our Christmas episode than a man whose voice is heard in homes all around the world during the holidays, Johnny Mathis. So I'm going to be asking all about holiday stuff in, in just a bit, but first... I want to ask about your brand new box set, Johnny Mathis, The Voice of Romance. It's an enormous 68 CD box set that collects every one of your albums that you recorded for Columbia Records, along with two previously unreleased albums and another disc of rare recordings. And it has, I checked this, a runtime of about 47 and a half hours, but not too shabby. I think the box also doubles as a weapon. Um, now, whose idea was this? Did, did Sony and Columbia come to you and say, we've got this great idea, Johnny, what do you think? There are a lot of things that happened to me over the years uh, that I have no idea how it came about. <laughs> and those are wonderful. And, some, and most of them, I would say 99% of them are all very surprising and very gratifying uh, for someone like myself who was uh, considered myself just a singer. Uh, but over the years, I have recorded so much uh, music, and to know that it's not going to be forgotten, at least uh, uh, right now, um, is, is very, very thrilling for me. I, when they said they were going to release uh, all of my recordings that I've done, <laughs> I, started singing, I said, you mean all of them? And I remembered sometimes when I was on the road singing at a venue, you may be in China or uh, in the Philippines or something of that nature, and uh, I wasn't able to uh, to learn the songs uh, that they wanted me to record. And yet I had to go in and record them. And uh, I said there were a lot of them that we said, oh, well, I didn't do that very well, so you uh, nobody will ever hear it, right? Yeah. And they said, oh, of course. <laughs> but now we're going to hear all those things that I oh. never thought uh, oh, would yeah. ever be uh, presented. <laughs> but anyway, um, hopefully uh, there might be some that the, uh, the general public might get a kick out of uh, seeing the process that I go through as, as far as making recordings is concerned. I was watching the um, the video that you posted a little while back where it, it, it was you and you had, you, you had got the box set for the first time and you were opening the box and it looked like you were kind of uh, sort of surprised and and a little a little sort of overwhelmed at how much there was inside that box. What was, if you remember, what was your reaction when you saw the the box in front of you for the first time? Because it's a big thing. It's a big hefty box. There's a lot of there's just a lot of stuff in there. Did it did it seem like wow, this is my entire career in a box in front of me? Like what did you what did you think? Well, the first thing that came to my mind was what a wonderful thing that it was that they got everything uh, essentially that I have recorded in this tiny little box <laughs> and it was uh, thrilling to see the uh, 
the different album covers on the on the uh, the little small uh, recordings that they they've miniaturized all of my uh, big old uh, you know LPs. Yeah, uh, that was fascinating, uh, <laughs> and I didn't really uh, really uh, wrap my head around some of it until I sort of flashed and said, "Oh, I remember." Standing in the garden, taking that picture. I remember that, uh, for instance, Roddy McDowell, the wonderful uh, actor uh, uh, over the years, uh, uh, who was a friend of mine, uh, photographed me for one of my album covers. And things like that uh, flashed through my mind as I was looking at these little miniaturized uh, versions of my, my LPs. And it was fascinating. Uh, time passes. And new things happen, and uh, I'm just thrilled with the whole project. Yeah, and you know what's great about the box is that there's, I think there's something, there's more than like, I want to say, there's more than 20 albums of yours that are on CD for the first time. And I think, you know, people, um, you know, especially, you know, collectors will be thrilled with this because it's really a, 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 a way to um, show your entire catalog in one uh, place and it's all at the best audio quality. It's all been you know remastered, so it should sound beautiful. And what's also really fabulous about this box is that there's um, an unreleased album in there that I've been dying to hear uh, in its proper form for a very long time. Uh, I love my lady, which you recorded back in 1981. Uh, it was written and produced by Nile Rogers and Bernard Edwards, of course, of Chic. Um, and I'm thrilled that this is finally coming out, and I, I have so many questions about it. And I have also a, a wonderful memory of getting to speak to you a few years ago at the Grammy Awards on the red carpet, and I asked you about it, and you were like, well, I don't know if it'll ever come out. Talk to the record label. And now here we are. It's finally coming out. Do you, what was <laughs> what were those recording sessions like with Niall and Bernard back in 1981? Was it a wonderful experience? Did you enjoy it? Very much so. I didn't know what they expected of me. Um, I had uh, uh, I had my own way of, of recording, and uh, this was quite different because they were right there uh, in the studio with me, and um, I sort of uh, did some of it uh, piecemeal. Uh, they would say, sing it this way, and I would, and I'd do it the best I could. And, and of course, it always turned out to be a little different from what they asked me to do. Uh, so it was a wonderful experience for me as a, as a singer uh, recording in that manner. Uh, I loved it because, first of all, what happened is once I sang it, they would put it together right then and there and... Then when we would finish our our uh, session, uh, I would uh, go and probably have dinner or something, and, that, and they would come back to me and bring me everything that I recorded, but they would bring it to me as it was finished and ready to go on the recording already. They were that fast. Wow. In their, uh, and so what usually would happen is that they would say, come on, we're going to get in the car and we're going to drive to the restaurant where we're going to have dinner. And in the meantime, you're going to listen to what you've recorded 
in the car on the <laughs> way to dinner. And it was just the most wonderful thrill to be able to, to hear that put together because it takes a long time to record a lot of that stuff. Yeah. And uh, it was, uh, it, I do remember that as being one of the most gratifying uh, times of my listening experience, listening to my own recording. <laughs> um, you know, I, I have a particular favorite song on the album, um, and I won't say, well, I'll say what it is. I really like something to sing about. I, it's, it's such a fun, it's so, it's so great to hear your voice with like up-tempo dance, um, you know, kind of disco-y, but not quite disco music. Um, it's just fun. I think it's a great pairing. Do you have any favorite songs from the album, or are they all your favorites? <laughs> you know that I have not heard that album in how many years, I guess? Well, you can open uh, up that box set, Johnny, and you can open you can, I don't you can have find it. it. You know what happened is they gave me one box set, and I have this wonderful friend of mine, uh, he and his wife, who are very, very close to my family because uh, I had a young brother, my young brother whom I loved dearly, Michael, uh, was sick uh, for many, many years in his life. And they took him into, his, uh, into their home and uh, treated his, uh, his condition and made him part of their family. And uh, the minute I got this recording, um, this, this box set of my recordings, the first people I wanted to thank were them. And I, I drove to their home and presented it to them and said, this is what I've been doing for the last 50 years. <laughs> and uh, they were just over the moon. So that, that and, and I didn't even, uh, once I, once I, picked it up and, and found out what was in it, uh, I, I, I didn't uh, have any qualms about uh, giving it to them because they, that would signify what I had been doing all of those years that they had been taking care of my young, uh, little brother, and uh, this is what I'd done, and right. I want you to, to have it, Yeah. That was very gratifying for me. So to answer your question, <laughs> I don't have those recordings. And, and I would love, I can't wait to see, you know, and have all these flashback memories of that recording and that recording and that recording. Yeah, I I'm have, looking forward to that. I have the feeling you have the power and the influence to get another box set. I have the feeling <laughs> they, you might be able to pull that off. <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm, and I think you've sort of answered this question before, um, you know, and and I, we all know how this works in in the recording business. Sometimes things don't work out, and sometimes, you know, people, especially today, people record lots of songs that never actually ever get released for whatever reason. It just is not the right time, or you know, maybe you're not happy with how it turned out. W was there any particular reason why the the Chic album, the I Love My Lady album, was never released? You know, back in 1981, 82. Great big question mark mystery in my mind. Absolutely. Uh, I thought it was uh, some of the best uh, things that I'd done for, the, for that period of time when that music was uh, de rigueur. Yeah. Um, I, I just uh, had this great big question mark, and I'm thrilled because uh, over the years, um, uh, I've been so happy 
because Niall shows up at some of my performances, and he's such a wonderful, wonderful, not only musician, but a person to be around. He has so much knowledge. He's been all over the place. And anyway, uh, that is, uh, uh, that's one of the, uh, the overriding uh, feelings that I have about this, uh, this project that uh, they're going to do for me. It's just, it's, it's a thrill. It really is. Well, um, also inside this box set, as, as, you know, again, we're on, we're doing a special Christmas episode of this show. Also inside the box set are all five of your Christmas albums. You've recorded five Christmas albums. I'll, I'll remind you of that. Um, including, <laughs> <laughs> including your first Christmas album, which is called Merry Christmas, which was released back in 1958. Would you believe it? Which just doesn't seem possible. And that album has sold more than 5 million copies in the U S and I know you probably get asked this a lot, but why do you think your Christmas music has been so beloved and so successful? Because I can tell you when I was little, your voice was heard around the house. We had your Merry Christmas album on vinyl LP, and I vividly remember playing it on our turntable. So why do you think it is that your voice and Christmas music go together like, you know, chocolate and peanut butter? Why is that? (laughs) I've always thought of myself as a little choir boy because when I was in school, uh, junior high school, uh, uh, grammar school, of high school, I always belonged to a choir, and we sang all over the place. We would go out to the department stores and sing, and uh, you know, for the people who were shopping. And uh, before I before I finished my first recording, the thing that was in my mind is I, my mom, and my my dad, of course, was my best pal in the world. He was a singer. Uh, he is the reason that I sing today. Uh, he was a wonderful singer. Nobody ever heard him except the, the immediate family. But I always wanted him to realize uh, how important he was to me in that aspect of our lives, is that I wanted to sing because he sang. And uh, But my mom was off doing other things. She had no idea. She was not even capable of carrying a tune. So <laughs> I wanted her to know what I was doing all of those times that I was singing all over the place and she was home preparing food for, you know, the, my six brothers and sisters. And I and I always wanted to do whatever I could do at Christmas time because that was the first time that I remember her ever hearing my music it was at Christmas time and commenting on it because the rest of the time she was busy taking care of uh, seven children, if you can imagine. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's just sort of incredible how your Christmas music and your holiday music has has been so beloved and is really the soundtrack to so many people's you know get-togethers uh, over the holidays and. Uh, I think it's just so special. You know, for you, do you play holiday music around the house? I mean, obviously not your own music, or maybe you do, but do you have particular favorites? You know, like, like you know, people might say Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You, but, you know, to you, do you play certain kinds of, you know, special Christmas music around the house, some of your favorites? It is such a blessing. I cannot tell you how thrilled that I am that people tend to uh, enjoy my music at Christmas time. 
it's, it's everything that you could ask for. I mean, those are the most special times in people's lives. And to think that, uh, that I am uh, helping them enjoy their, their, their families and their situations that they're in at Christmas time is, is just it's a dream come true. Um, I listen to everything. I sometimes play some of my music because uh, over the years I've recorded so much that, oh, my goodness, I can't remember that. And then, I, then it jogs my mind. Oh, I remember now. I remember the musicians that were there. I remember the reason why I sang these songs, for instance, who suggested them, or uh, whether I uh, wanted to sing them uh, in my heart of hearts. Uh, yeah, I do. I listen to everything for all of my, my wonderful influences musically, Nat King Cole and Sarah Vaughan and Lena Horn and uh, all these wonderful lady singers. I was always, I always loved girl singers because they could sing high and they could sing low. Everybody but loves the guys. Always, Everybody loves and the guys. Tommy. Always had this one little <laughs> aspect that they sang: Billy Eckstein and that Cole. They always sounded the same, but the, the ladies could go all over the place, and that's sort of uh, vocally where I was coming from. Yeah. By the by the way, Barbara Streisand recently in an interview with Billboard, not with me, but with someone here at Billboard that works with me, said that. You're one of her favorite singers. So um, I would suggest this holiday season to put on Barbara's first Christmas album. Uh, it might be appropriate. And, uh, you know, maybe you guys can get together for some, some more recordings. I don't know. I'm just trying to put it out there in the world. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I love it. Um, in close- she, she, she's a big, big uh, influence in my life. Yeah. yeah, I love her very much. Well, um, in closing, and I know I've kept you way longer than I anticipated, so I'm apologizing now before anyone gets upset. Um, in closing, <laughs> since we're coming up on the actual Christmas holiday, do you have any holiday and, and Christmas traditions? Like, do you cook a big meal? Do you go away for the holidays? Do you have a bunch of friends over? Is there something that you can share that's sort of a tradition uh, for you around the holidays? Over the years, I have had so many opportunities to uh, at Christmas time, show my appreciation to people who have been kind to me, or my friends, uh, the people that I, I play golf with, or what have you. Uh, and yes, I love that that opportunity. Uh, and at Christmas time now, at this age that I am, I'm so concerned, and so uh, the thing is. It's very important to me to to be with the rest of my family that are still uh, alive and well and to show them how much I love them and how much they've meant to me over the years of my life. My brothers and sisters and I, we all grew up together and uh, I, you know, I miss my mom and my dad so much. I miss my three uh, brothers and sisters who have passed away. Um, so I spend as much time as I can uh, showing uh, my appreciation to my brothers and sisters because they were all my supporters right from the beginning. Since I was a little kid, they yelled, said, oh, we're going to go watch John sing, you know, and I, I always remember that. Well, I I wish you nothing but the best this holiday season. I know I'll be playing you around the house, and I know a lot of other people will be too all around the world. and. This has been such a treat to get to speak to you, and I hope you have a lovely uh, Christmas and a wonderful New Year, and uh, just uh, 
wonderful wishes for 2018 and beyond, Mr. Mathis. Oh, bless your heart, Keith. Thank you so much. It's nice to talk to you. Thank you. Let's take that boat before us and sing a chorus or two. Come on, it's lovely weather for us. They ride together with you. There's a birthday party. Thank you again to an honest-to-goodness real-life legend, Johnny Mathis, for taking the time to call in and chat. Uh, it was it was such a little thrill. Yeah. I mean, I remember when I got to... Uh, I, I may have mentioned this in the interview... Uh, I forget. Um, even though, even though you just heard it, um, hmm. I remember um, at the at the Grammy Awards, uh, like at, like two or three years ago, I was doing the carpet with Jason, who you know, you've heard on this show before, and uh, a publicist came up and was like, "Would you like to speak to Johnny Mathis and another gentleman who was, uh, I think, his arranger or producer, because he was nominated that year for traditional pop vocal album?" Mm. And I'm like, "Yes, of course." And I'm like, "Jason, do you mind?" And he's like, eh, "This one's all you." <laughs> Um, and he didn't mean it in that way, but it's just like he like he knew he didn't have the personal connection that you do. And I was just like so tickled yeah. to talk to like someone whose voice I had sort of grown up with. Yeah. And also it's like chances are <laughs> too much, too little, too late. No, this job is amazing in that way. Yeah, we were very fortunate in, in our in our gigs. All right, now it's time for the chart stat of the week. Woohoo! <laughs> This week, Mariah Carey's evergreen classic holiday hit, All I Want for Christmas Is You, finally hits the top 10 on the Billboard Hot 100 chart 23 years after it was first released back in 1994. The song jumps from number 11 to number 9 on the chart dated December 30th, granting Carey her 28th top 10 hit. So, why did it take so long for such a popular track to finally reach the top 10? Luckily, I have answers for you. Back in 1994, the song was released as part of Carrie's Merry Christmas album. The song was promoted to radio and video stations. There's a music video for it. She's in the snow, and there's a snowman, and it's delightful. But the song was never released as a commercially available single. You couldn't buy it as a CD single or a cassette single, and this was pre-digital, so there was no iTunes yet. So that means you couldn't actually buy the song on its own. The only way to get it was to actually buy the full album. Um, and because it wasn't released as a commercially available single, it was not allowed to chart on the Hot 100 at the time. Uh, in late 1998, however, the Hot 100's rules changed to allow for non-commercially available songs to chart. Um, and in January of 2000, it spent a week on the list at number 83. And beginning in 2012, uh, and coinciding with the Hot 100 adding streaming into its mix, uh, All I Want For Christmas Is You has made a return visit to the list each season. And just to clarify, the Hot 100 not only includes streaming, but also airplay and sales into its mix. And another thing, back when Mariah did this in 1994, it wasn't super unusual that you would have a song not be available as its own single like to buy but it still kind of was a little unusual it didn't become kind of a regular like a regular thing until like 96 97 when there were a lot of hits that just bypassed you know being released as a commercially available single but i digress back to mariah this week as it climbs in the top 10 a whopping 70 percent of the song's hot 100 chart points are driven by streams Clearly, there are a lot of people bumping the track around the house as they get into the holiday spirit. So, there you have it. Mariah Carey's classic holiday hit, All I Want for Christmas Is You, has finally, 23 years after its release, 
hit the top 10 on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. Okie dokie, so we have reached the end of our holiday spectacular. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. <laughs> um, Just leave a peppermint stick for old St. Nick hanging on the Christmas tree. <laughs> that falls into the jazzy category. Well, this will be our last episode of 2017. Uh, you guys will join us hopefully again at the top of 2018. Yes. I'm glad I got to start out and close out the year, yes. even though I missed a few months in between. Uh, we thank, of course, Jason for stepping in yes. while Katie was uh, having a child. Yes. <laughs> well, I was a little busy. You were, you were busy, <laughs> preoccupied with something else. Um, what song should we oh, go out on on our, on our final show of 2017? What Christmas song have we not mentioned that is amazing that we need to play? Um, why don't we do Madonna's Santa Baby? Let's do it. See you guys next year. <laughs> Bye. Under the tree for me. Been an awful good girl, Santa Baby. And hurry down the chimney tonight. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.